an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. We're constantly saying don't, and it's the same response as an energy healer and, and what you work with people that you coach. The universe works the same way. The universe and animals don't hear don't, right? So the law of attraction doesn't hear, I don't want to keep not having any money or I don't want this. It's just going, oh, not have any money, not have any money. Like That's the energy you're sending out. Right. Yeah. And animals are the same way. So people will call me and be like, oh, this cat keeps peeing outside the litter box or keeps peeing on the couch. I don't want this cat to pee on the couch. But the rhetoric, the whole thing was like, I wish the cat wouldn't pee on the couch. I wish the stupid cat stopped peeing on the couch. And it's like, okay, <laughs> but all of you are now picturing the cat peeing on the couch. So the don't, the cat's like, I don't understand what these people want. They're picturing me peeing on the couch. I pee on the couch. They're upset. <laughs> then they picture me peeing on the couch. Then I pee on the couch. Now they're upset. So it's like, what is going on? They're getting a very clear picture of what you don't want, but the don't isn't there. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right, today on the podcast, I have Shannon Myers, and I'm really excited to talk to her because she is an animal communicator. And I've known Shannon for probably 11 years, something like that. Yeah, yeah a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> I know that she's a wonderful human being because she educates people on what they can do for their health and nutrition. She's just a very, very loving person, but also amazing with animals. So I am excited to talk to her about everything she knows about animal communication. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I feel the same way about you. I'm so glad the universe brought us together. I know. Isn't that cool? So awesome. <laughs> uh, I lived in Sanford at the time, Sanford, Florida, and we met there. And that was a we time when I talked together, yeah. energy stuff together. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And we've just kept in touch over the years. It's just been awesome. Yeah. So, okay. How did you get into animal communication? First of all, actually, I just want to share with the audience, just a few of my own personal moments with animal communicators. So Shannon has talked to my dogs. I have three dogs. Well, various times in my life, I've had three dogs, total of four. And it's been very helpful to know what they are thinking, feeling, and needing at the time. And when I was pregnant with Aiden, there was a lady I spoke with about Jake and Maggie. <laughs> this is when I knew for sure that animal communication was legit because when I was pregnant, Fen called me a big mama because she thought I was funny. And I did not really think it was funny. But anyway, so this lady was like, I need to be able to differentiate between the two moms of these two dogs, right? So she's like, I'm going to ask them what they call you. And she goes, who's big mama? <laughs> and I was like, no. And that's what Jake said. Jake said I was big mama. And the other thing that Jake said was um, that he loved red toys. And that was all that he would ever play with. That was it. He didn't want anything else. And I do want to mention also when Jake was passing, because he passed right before COVID, I was able to see his spirit leave his body before he passed. And that was a beautiful experience. So I have like a little bit of ability to communicate with them. I, I just think that animals, first of all, dogs are the best. I just believe that. 
I'm going to probably piss off some people, but I think dogs are really extremely special, but I did not grow up with animals because there were six kids in my family, so we couldn't Mm -hmm. have them. But anyway, so Shannon, you work with all kinds of animals. I've even seen you help to snake, which is, oh my gosh. (laughs) Now, since I've gotten into like spiritual stuff, I kind of like snakes, but I don't love seeing them randomly. They represent transformation, which is cool. And healing. Oh, yeah. And you work with horses and cats, and I'm sure you could probably list all of them. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I have horses, dogs, and cats. So I had dogs growing up because my mom was allergic to cats, and I was too. So I was fortunate enough 18 years ago to have a little cat named Bella Kitty wander into my life and change my whole view on cats. So (laughs) at one point, I did have four cats, which I think is the crazy cat lady starter kit. So that's, you know, official. (laughs) And she, she just crossed over on May 30th. So that was pretty, pretty tough, Yeah. but I held space for her. And I also saw her soul leave her body. I was actually doing energy healing on her at the time. So it was pretty, it was an honor. It's an honor to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Animals are so special. Cows, chickens. I've talked to llama. I mean, whatever. I mean, all, (laughs) all, all animals. I, I asked a red ant pile to move so that somebody wouldn't come kill them because they were too close to my horse thing. And the guy came on Wednesday. He's like, where are they? I'm like, oh, they moved. I asked them to move. He's like, okay. <laughs> so I can, you can talk to anything. <laughs> no, I know. Right. I actually, I was recording a podcast once and the lady had crickets and I was like, are the crickets inside or outside? And she's like inside. And I was like, Hmm, can we quiet them down possibly? And she's like, just give me a second. I'll talk to them. <laughs> they quieted down for the rest That's of the podcast great. after That's that. Great. Okay. So how did you get started with animal communication? Well, my horses, I moved out here onto this piece of property in 2003. It was my dream to have a big piece of property and have horses. I rode horses when I was little and you know, your parents, you know, you asked for a horse and they're like, yeah, when you grow up, you can buy your own. So I did, I bought three. One was a rescue. She was very well cared for, but I was having issues under saddle with her riding her. And one of the ones I had rescued, just no matter what I did, I couldn't, it seemed like I couldn't make him better hair growth and his stomach and his feet were falling apart. You get advice from vets and farriers and feed store and all over the place. And I just felt like I wasn't doing any good. So I, as the universe should have it with divine timing, I went to a huge up in Jacksonville, they opened a big equestrian center and they had a big show of sorts there with different trainers and booths. And a friend of mine went up there last day of the show, show was closing. And I saw, oh my gosh, this lady Joan Ranquette is an animal communicator and she's going to be there talking about what she does in nutrition. So I'm like, we have to get there. So I literally ran up to her booth as they're packing everything up, tell her my story. And she says, well, it just so happens I'm going to be in Orlando. She lived in Southport at the time with her then stepkids and husband and said, we're going to be at Disney for five days. And she's like, and I can't do Disney for five days. So why don't I come to your farm and talk to your horses? And I'm like, okay, yeah. She came out, they were loose in a pasture, probably about two acres big. And she starts writing on her clipboard and she's just quiet. She's talking to this one. And I look behind her and the other two have lined up like they're in line. I'm like, what's happening? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, apparently everyone has a lot to say. So it, it was life changing in many ways. One, because we found out she wasn't trying to have a behavioral problem while riding. She actually had a little rib out and we found it, was able to fix that. So then it was better for her, safer for me. She's been wow. a dream ever since. And then the other horse, it, he had an ulcer. We through natural products and different techniques and things, cleared that up. And they're all three still here 18 years later. Wow. They're the reason I got into animal communication. And all of them are teachers now for the school. I teach at the school. So they've all taught animal communication. I've had classes at my house. So they are truly the reason that I got into animal communication. Now, 
I've always been an animal lover. I have always had dogs. My mom can tell you I'm the little girl that the dog gets hit in the road, cars stop, and I jump out of the backseat and go running. I just told you right before this podcast about it, I stopped my car in the middle of traffic and jumped out to, to hopefully save a turtle who's been run over and his shell was broken. We took him to the wildlife rehab place, but I, I'm still that little girl. I'm still <laughs> the little girl that's going to jump out and help animals. And I used to want to be a veterinarian and that really wasn't my path. So I wish I'd known about this university when I, when I went to college, because I'm like medical intuition, remote viewing, nutrition, animal communication, energy healing, sign me up. So yep, I've, I've that's all, all, that's all awesome stuff together. Yeah. yeah cool. So how do you communicate with animals and how should we communicate with our animals? That's a great question. Well, we already are communicating with our animals. We just don't know it sometimes. They know it and they're communicating with us. We're sending and receiving pictures, words, and feelings all the time. Most of the time, humans are too busy in their head with everything they have going on emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, all the things. And especially now with the pandemic, we're constantly, but even before, we're, we're just not present. We're not here. So we've got, we're sitting here with someone thinking, oh my gosh, that's right. As soon as I get off this podcast, I need to go make whatever, lunch, dinner. I've got kids, I've got animals, I've got work, the phone's ringing. I've got to get back to this email. So we're just the 10,000 things. They're constantly sending us messages. Some of them are more obvious than others. Like when a dog has to go outside, eventually, if you're not getting it, they're like by the door, like, hey, hey, I got to go. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and if they're a good dog, if they're a good dog, right. Otherwise they get fed up with you and pee somewhere in the house. (laughs) So, so it's just telepathy. It's just the transference of pictures, words, and feelings. And we all used telepathy before we started using our mouth so much to Mm -hmm. speak when we're children. That's why a lot of times and children are in a different alpha brain state where they can see things and hear things. And they're in that creative flow. And we get out of that creative flow and that just being in our own body kind of a thing. And that's, that's what's happened with why we can't, this isn't a special gift that I have that only certain people have. Everybody can do this. It's learning how to trust what you're getting Mm -hmm. because we, we, you'll hear people go, well, I think, and it's like, but it's not a thinking thing. You're not thinking to the animal you're communicating. So usually we start to communicate from the heart chakra and just allow things to flow through once you're completely neutral. So being grounded, meditating, all of those are things that can help you receive information more clearly from your animals and send it. We're sending all the time. Like people say, I don't know how my dog knew we were going on vacation. It's like, because two weeks before you're picturing packing, putting in the car, how you're going to get to the airport, what the hotel looks like, reservation, like you're sending all of this information and they're going, oh God, she's leaving. Where's that suitcase? I need to get in it. (laughs) I know all our dogs uh, freak out when the suitcases come out. They know. And it's amazing how much they pick on the little subtle communication. Like I realized when I first, cause I never had pets, like I said. So when I got Jake and Maggie, I was taking them out for walks and I'd be like, okay, And I was really just saying it to myself, like, okay, it's time to take out the dogs. But they knew that, okay, meant I was about to grab the keys and leashes Mm -hmm. and everything. And they would get so excited and run to the door. They just are so smart like that. And actually the dogs know when I'm either going to do a healing or a podcast because I come down the stairs and they just know that that means if I come down the stairs and I've showered, (laughs) basically they're like, oh, she's busy now. So we're going to go into the mudroom. They're really cool. Yeah. And you're picturing all that ahead of time. You've already looked at your schedule and you know what you're doing. So Mm -hmm. you're sending out that message and then they see the physical cue that goes with the message and they're like, oh yeah, game on. 
And they're communicating with each other through that telepathy all the time and body language, of course. But prior to the body language is the transference of pictures, words, and feelings when they're outside. Even everybody shares a morphic resonance too. So they're affected by the energy. If your energy shifts, they can pick up on that. You see the birds fly and they'll decide one drops back and the other one just comes up. They're they're sharing a morphic resonance. So they're connected energetically. Animals in a household share morphic resonance with us. So they're picking up on a lot of stuff that's going on in the house as well. It's interesting when Jake passed, he visited Maggie and Tootie, said goodbye to them. And then when we came home, they were fine. Like Mm -hmm. they they were like, they knew. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing. Oh God, I'm getting choked up. Tootie had never crossed the boundary of like, trying to own Fen or like be mm-hmm. Fen's favorite. And then when Jake passed that same day, she just took over following her around and laying in his bed mm-hmm. and everything and has been like that since it's, it's awesome. I mean, I believe I talked to Jake after he passed, he reached out to me about one of the dogs after they passed. Like, okay. Well then it would be Jake. Yeah, I'm trying to remember I, so much. I'm like, happened. this is all sounding familiar because I feel like, and I usually don't remember stories, but yeah. That's... I remember when you talked to Jake because he was going blind and I was worried about Aiden being around him. Aiden was, I think, two or three at the time. And so he was kind of like clumsy and things like that. And you were like, nope, Jake loves Aiden. He's just a big light being to him and he feels safe around him. So I was like, great. We talked to them when pictures, and I know there's something specific that you should share with the audience about how to kind of like discipline our dogs, you know, or or cats or anything. How do they know what not to do? That's a great question because we're constantly saying don't. And it's the same response as an energy healer. And and when you work with people that you coach, the universe works the same way. The universe and animals don't hear don't, right? So the law of attraction doesn't hear, I don't want to keep not having any money or I don't want this. It's just going, oh, not have any money, not have any money. Like That's the energy you're sending out. Right. Yeah. And animals are the same way. So people will call me and be like, oh, this cat keeps peeing outside the litter box or keeps peeing on the couch. I don't want this cat to pee on the couch. But the rhetoric, the whole thing is like, I wish the cat wouldn't pee on the couch. I wish the stupid cat stopped peeing on the couch. And it's like, okay, <laughs> but all of you are now picturing the cat peeing on the couch. So the don't. The cat's like, I don't understand what these people want. They're picturing me peeing on the couch. I pee on the couch. They're upset. (laughs) Then they picture me peeing on the couch. Then I pee on the couch. Now they're upset. So it's like, what is going on? They're getting a very clear picture of what you don't want, but the don't isn't there. So same thing with dogs. If they're chewing up something where instead of telling an animal what not to do, picture what you would like it to be like. If my dog Titan is very excited to see guests and, and they're like, oh, don't lick my arm or don't do this or don't. I said, Let's reframe that and say, go lay down and picture him laying on his bed. I mean, immediately he goes and he lays down because they're like, don't lick my arm. He's like, oh, lick your arm. Okay. And he's not even a big licker. (laughs) It's just one of those things where we we're so used to saying, stop doing this instead of, I want to picture you doing this. So picture what you want, just like you would in your own life with your, with your future or your career or relationships, picturing what you want instead of what you don't want. Definitely. We have Louie, who's our newest little guy, and he is not getting the whole pee outside only and poop outside only. <laughs> I got to start envisioning him being outside at all times. Not you know. Yeah. And animal communication goes hand in hand with training and hand in hand with veterinary and hand in hand with any type of physical like massage and things like that. Like they all go hand in hand because there's a piece of it. So if you're always picturing what you want And then you're also then rewarding the animal for the good behavior. Mm -hmm. And then if that doesn't work, you can also bring in a trainer. But if you can kind of catch it from all the sides, but starting with that, where everyone in the household 
not just you has to have that vision with you. And it could be literally like, sometimes I'll have people take a picture. Like if the animal's sitting outside in the grass, take a picture, put it on the fridge, put it, put it around so that you're seeing, okay, this is where you go to the restroom. And they're going to be like, oh, they're going to get that over and over and over again. So yeah, I feel like the other dogs have tried to tell him, this is what we do. (laughs) (laughs) He's a little special dude. Got a mind of his own. Maybe he's just not as smart as we're, what we're used to because we have poodles and, and he's not a poodle. And so I think we're just thinking it's going to be easier with him, but it's not. Uh, well, they but, come to teach us things. So. Oh my God. He is such a love. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he it is all about the love. Amazing. All right. You told me that you can do EFT on animals, which I think yeah. is amazing. So first of all, t- can you tell us about that? Because I yeah. have not actually done that. Yeah, it's wonderful. Jones created it over the years. It's it's most of the tapping points, but there's few that we leave out for the animals. And just like with people, it can be done on the animal, which is the best, that physical contact with the organ points. And it's very similar, top of the nose, below the nose, chest, and the head. And we don't go down the side because you're poking. Sometimes dogs are very poking. If for some reason, if you had a very reactive animal or a cat who's like walks off and is like not doing this right now, You can surrogate tap on another animal or you can air tap or you can tap on a a picture or you can tap on a stuffed animal. I mean, it really doesn't matter. It's that intention. Mm -hmm. But obviously the best is if you can physically even get some of the points, they're hooked to organs and it's really transformative. So I use the emotional freedom technique for animals when there's usually a behavioral issue. So if there is a behavior where there's fear the dog is like startled by something that you're like, gosh, I don't know why the dog's doing that. I've never hit the dog, ducks, or, or maybe the animal is afraid to ride in the car, or maybe there's a horse who just won't load in the trailer and you've worked with a trainer and you can't figure it out. Obviously an animal communication session is important first so that you can get the essence of the animal. Cause if the essence is still, I love you, I want to please you, then that's not the issue. They're not just being troublesome, right? They're not being stubborn. Like we want to always say, oh, they're just not listening it's, it's a little deeper. So you do that and you figure out, oh, wow, something happened. Like maybe when you weren't there, somebody tried to load them in the trailer and got angry with them or whatever. So you kind of want to get rid of the behavioral problem, emotional too. If the animal has lost an owner and is at a rescue, they're emotionally devastated. They just lost their person. Yeah. And so a lot of times they're very shy or timid and not very adoptable. Or even if somebody does adopt and they're like, oh, I don't know why it just lays in the corner. Well, it's grieving. It's mm. grieving the loss of its owner. And animals have a lot of loyalty. So even if it went from one home and you're a great home and a great human, they still have loyalty to the past person. So you can tap with them. It's okay. You're still loyal. You mm. can be in this family too. There's scripts for diagnosis. Like when an animal gets diagnosed with something, it's devastating on the human. And so I tap with the human on getting the news of whatever, the C word or any kind of medical issue with your animal, which you never want to hear so that you can process your grief around it. What does it remind you of? Maybe you had an animal that with the same health issue and it happened again, or maybe you lost your parent to that health issue. And it's just triggering you because we share this morphic resonance. Obviously you'd love to have that cleared up for both of you. So you can move through it and be there and that the animal cannot be feeling in that emotional stress. And then you tap on the animal because they don't know what the diagnosis is. 
but maybe they feel a certain way because of something happened in the household. So you can tap on them to relieve it. If it is a physical condition, then you can follow it up with some scalar energy healing or something like that. But so there's multiple, multiple reasons for tapping on animals, emotional or physical. If they're uh, aggressive, you can tap on that. Maybe there's some pocket of something that happened. They don't walk around with their stories like we do. It's not like, oh Mm -hmm. gosh, and then I was in this moment. It's more just stuck energy and reactive behavior that's repeated itself and people not knowing how to stop that behavior and kind of head in a new direction. So EFT can be really helpful for that as well. As you're talking, I'm thinking about all these things like that I could be doing. So Louis, he was in a cage for like eight months Mm -hmm. of the first part of his life. And then he went to the foster home and we think he fell down the stairs. And now he won't go downstairs. Now he has a bum leg. So Mm -hmm. that's also playing into him probably why it was so traumatic for him. Right. Because he tried to walk down the stairs and he had the bum leg. So we want to work with him to try to figure out a way to get down the stairs because he wants to be with his friends and be with us. So I'm definitely going to do some tapping on going down the stairs. But then also it reminded me of when he first arrived, I started talking to him and asking him like, you know, how he was doing. And he said he really missed his mom, Mm -hmm. which was really cute. And that he was happy to have Tootie as like a sister to play with he used to when we would watch tv we would hold him to kind of calm down his nervous system and he would twitch a lot when we would do that and now the twitching has completely stopped because he's his nervous system is calm and he just feels at peace at home yeah that's beautiful and that's the that's the beauty of animal communication like what can it do it can bring peace and harmony in the household because you're giving them a voice you're empowering them you're listening to them they Mm -hmm. feel heard they can let that peace go which is really, really lovely. Yeah. My favorite, uh, not my favorite, I have so many favorites, but one of my favorite favorite EFT stories recently was with a lady who has a dog at at Westminster. She actually was at the show, got in her car, had her dog there. We hopped on a Zoom and we tapped for this particular issue with the dog at the show. And the dog was actually fine. The lady had, every time this happens at the show, this dog does this. So we tapped on her. And I mean, immediately the dog's yawning and licking and chewing just from her letting it go. Now it doesn't have to be reactive. So next time we're going to tap around the dog, not wanting to walk on when they have the artificial grass, there's like certain (laughs) stuff. It's really fun. And the dog, she messaged me later and she's like, he won for group. Wow. So that's why really cool. Not just dogs need to be doing this, but I was thinking about the Olympic athletes with what's going on or was going on in the news about Simone Biles with her mental health issues, like they all need to have people like us helping them handle their emotions and things that they're going through. That's really cool. Cause it's intense being in competition. There's a lot going on, a lot of memories, a lot of things to overcome to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us your other favorite. Oh gosh. Well, for, I mean, EFT tapping on a horse, I had done an animal cat actually did an animal communication session and I saw the cat fall, which is very unusual for cats. They don't usually fall. They usually write themselves or right. they land on their four feet. And the cat wasn't wanting to go on anything high. It wasn't climbing up on its little perch and standing on the back of the couch. And so we did a little tapping session and I like each week, it's just so cute. She's like, now she's on the back of the couch. Now she's here. Now she's back up on her ledge. Now she's here. So it's like, because they want to be high up. Cats like to climb up things and to have a cat that, and it was just such a weird coincidence where she slipped and kind of fell between the bed and the nightstand. And it was very traumatic for her. Yeah. And if we hadn't done the animal communication session first, I wouldn't have known 
just not tapping on heights wouldn't have been as effective as we can get to the root cause of something and then go, go there and then work through the animal the same way you would work through the people. Like it was really scary when I felt, I didn't know that was happening. I was so startled. That freaked me out. I didn't want to climb all the same things. Right. But for the animal and then letting that go and coming around to what's the happy outcome, what does the perfect situation look like? Like I can climb and I'm free. And so each week that settles in and she does this and that's working and this. And so it's really cute how I keep getting emails about that. So it can be dogs, cats, horses, anything, aggressive dogs, like helping dogs at shelters. You can't actually tap on them, just being outside the cage and doing the tapping, watching their temperament change, and then they can maybe get adopted. That's really, there's some important reasons to do animal communication and, and energy healing and, and tapping, which at the end of the EFT is part of the yeah, especially with those animals that need to be adopted. Yeah. What about other times where you weren't necessarily tapping and maybe just delivering some messages from the animal to the human? Like, mm-hmm. can you talk about those? Just had a really important one today with a lady who I was just picking up. I did a medical intuition scan. She was calling me for health issues. And one thing we uncovered that was really important is the dog told me under its favorite things, it loves to dream about running and playing really exuberantly. And they were like, Oh, because we've been waking him up. We thought he was having dreams about his past situation because he came from such a bad place. But that was when he was 10 months old. He's three years and three months old now. And I said, well, he says he loves to run, but this is the first time in my whole 11 year career that I've had any, a dog tell me they like to dream about (laughs) running and playing. Like, I mean, we see them do it, but this, this was like one of their favorite things. This was like top five. And I was like, (laughs) And they were like, it was such relief to them because they were, they were upset. They thought he was being stressed out and they were trying to wake him up and calm him down. Cause it turns out I felt this very heaviness on my heart and I felt my breathing was shallow, felt my circulation was off and he does have a heart condition. So so that's why he likes to dream about running around. Yeah. So that's such an important piece. And he still likes to run in daily life, but he doesn't have the energy. So he likes to dream about it. So that was just today, (laughs) which was really fun. My funniest story is when a horse kind of tattletailed, he was at a rescue and there was different volunteers and it was a funny tattletale, like nothing bad. And just so people know your animals will not tell on you things that they shouldn't. I know people worry like that sometimes they don't want to talk to an animal communicator because they don't know how much the animal will say. You, your relationship with the animal is the priority. They're literally just voicing their feelings or their opinion or their favorite things or things like that about who they are. They might say something funny. Like one of my horses told someone in class one time that some lady with dark hair sings to them. And I'm like, that's my pet sitter. So I called, I called her. I'm like, Hey, do you sing to the horses? She's like, why? (laughs) I said, because Sky said something in class. She goes, oh my God, I think I have a different song for each of your animals. So then it was like Aww. a big funny thing. So they'll, they'll say stuff like that, but not, they won't divulge your deepest secrets. This person's money laundering or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this horse was so cute because when I was newer at doing this and I was volunteering at this horse rescue, and as we know, horses, people who know horses know they like apples, they like carrots, they like peppermint candies, they like blah, blah, blah. Peppermint candies? Yeah. Yeah, they That's love peppermint funny. candies. So I'm going through this whole thing and I'm seeing this horse and I'm getting that this horse of favorite things and it shows me something yellow, like golden yellow and round and, and small. And I'm like, and I have horses. So now I get out of my my zone. And I'm thinking, which is not where you want to be. I'm like, just get back in the zone. Don't think I'm like, but what's small round that a horse likes to eat? 
I'm like, no, 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 that's not what animal communication is. So I got back in and dropped back in and I heard butterscotch and I thought, okay, this is insane. So I just, I wrote it down at the end. I was like, let me go over all, because this lady was like trying to figure out if they were going to use me. And here I am volunteering and I'm going to talk about butterscotch candies with people look at you like you have 10 heads. <laughs> so I went through the whole thing. And then at the end, I'm like, okay, just say it. So I said, and the horse likes butterscotch candy. And she's like, really? We don't give the horses butterscotch candy. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, yeah, I, that's just so what embarrassing I when they yeah. say that. She's like, well, everything else you got was spot on. And I'm like, well, good. I guess who knows? Maybe I can't get hundred percent of the time. It was hysterical. She called me so early the next morning. I thought something was wrong. Cause I mean, I'm not an early morning gal. I go to bed late and get up late, even with my horses. So I think this was like six 50 and my phone's ringing and I'm like, and I see that it's her and I'm like, Oh no. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, hello. And she's like, Shannon, so-and-so, oh my God, you're not going to believe this. And I'm like, well, I probably am, <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> she said, the lady who volunteers, I was telling her everything about the horse. And, and then you said it likes butterscotch candies. And the other ladies in the barn were like, I don't know. I don't know what that means. And she goes, and she, she said, what? And she goes, I was handing out treats to the horses and I ran out of treats. And so then I dug in my purse and I had peppermint candies and all the horses got peppermint except this horse. She goes, all I had was a butterscotch hard candy. And so I gave it to the horse and it seemed to like it. <laughs> and so she's, she's like, I just wanted to tell you. So you knew you got that right too. And I'm like, Oh, shoot. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. so So you funny. just never know. You yeah. Never know and that's why you see out. and say, and you yeah. just deliver the message. Yeah. Don't oh, think about so it. Awesome. Yeah. That was funny. Uh, so have you helped animals cross over? I have helped animals during the transition, like by doing energy healing and holding space, including my own cat, which was very magical. And sometimes just, it's almost like energetic palliative care so that they can cross on their own. Mm -hmm. and do they, do they kind of hesitate to leave kind of like a human because they think that you might need them or something like that? Like they don't want to leave or are they like pretty certain about their path and they know it's time. Both. It's, it's an individual process, just like when people cross over. So okay. if they think their person, we tend to say things to our animals like, Oh my God, I don't know what I would do without you. I'm not going to be able to go on. If you're not here, you're my best friend. I, I can't live without you we say these things and we, we, we feel these things and it's okay. It's not wrong. And I had a dog once who felt like that. This was actually, this was the, the other thing that kicked me into animal communication was my dog smooch. I had, Joan was actually doing energy healing on him. When he crossed over, he had acute kidney failure. He just went from fine to not fine within mm. hours. I did some hands-on things to try to get him to urinate because he wasn't peeing the catheter and he did. And that's when I realized energy healing was a thing. And then when he was at the facility, I never left him anywhere. He didn't like being left in a crate or a cage. And I came there with some homeopathy, some flower essences. And the vet was like, oh no, we don't know. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. And I meant this quite honestly. I wasn't asking, this is what I'm going to do, mm -hmm. right? It's still my dog at this point. And he is nervous and I want to help calm him. And then I sat by his cage and I told him, because he was my right-hand guy. I mean, I really didn't know what I would do when it was time, but I sat on the floor and I said, listen, if it's your time to go, I will be okay. I will, I will figure it out and I will be okay. I do not want you to suffer or stay here for me, but if you want to be here, I will empty my bleepity bleep bank account and we will, we will do whatever's necessary. Like I'm fine to be there. And I left and she called me before I got home. 
And she said, Oh my God, it's like, he listened to you. He just went to sleep. And I was like, I was heartbroken that I wasn't there. And Joan called me at the same time. She said every chakra had turned white. She couldn't get the chakras. She couldn't get the chakras to do colors. And so he was literally crossing when she was working on. So between my horses and that, it just solidified that this is what I need to do in the world. If I can give one person or one animal some comfort, some peace, or some clarity around something, or just create more harmony in the household, I would do this all day for free if, if I didn't have all these horses to pay for. <laughs> but I found why I'm here. Like, this is why I'm on the earth still is to help empower people and give a voice to the animals and hopefully make their lives a little bit better, both of them, the humans and the animals together. So it's, it's very powerful. Most of the animals I talk to have already crossed over. Usually it's before they cross. I'm not always with them. Biggest question I get is how am I going to know when my animal, it's time to go? How am I going to know it's time to go? And it's and you and that actually that was what helped us to yeah. know the day because you said you'll know he will he will do something that he has never done before, yeah. and that he did he pooped on the bed that that morning. Yeah, and every dog and every animal gives a different sign. Sometimes they'll let me know what they're going to do. I'll go outside and I'll lay in the sun by the tree. And other times it's just very vague, like let them know they'll know because it'll be something so different. Sometimes they don't want you to know. They just want to go. They don't want you to feel sad. It's it's such a different relationship with each animal. There's not one pat answer, but I I always let people know that they will they'll be the ones who will know when it's time. And that's such a personal thing between the person and the animal. Unless the diagnosis is so severe that they're suffering, obviously, mm-hmm. then it's time to bring in some help with a veterinarian and things like that. And then I can hold space with the animal while that's happening. If the person wants, if I happen to be, it's not during their work hours or something, I can't, I can't, but usually I wait till after they've crossed. And as a rule of thumb, I usually say a month after they're over rainbow bridge is when I connect because they figured out where they are and the human is a little better, but I've broken that rule so many times. If I talk to somebody and I feel like the animal has a message now so that that person can move on. I just did one I think it was right before I lost my cat and the girl had gotten my number from Casadega. She said she just lost her dog like two days ago. And like first I was like, but then it was just so strong. Like I was like, no, I'm supposed to set an appointment with her. And I literally told her, like, I was like, he's, he's outside. I said, I don't know if it's trees or clouds or something, but he's, he's showing you. And she was like, oh my God, there, and she said there was this one bush and then, and then a cloud. And then I felt like he was there. To be able to give somebody some peace of mind that they are not missing the signs because we're always getting signs from our, our loved ones, whether they're human or animal, they've just changed energetic form, right? There mm-hmm. doesn't help us any because we can't touch them and pet them. But eventually you'll get to the point where it's like, it's really fun. Like my dog, Riley, I swear he's a hawk now. Whenever there's an, an issue with one of my animals, a health issue, especially with one of my horses that he like, there'll be a hawk right on the fence by my horse. Like, all day. I can walk by it like, Hey, it's like four feet away. And I've figured out that that's Riley. And then when he taught in class, a couple of the students said, so I feel like he's a hawk. And I'm like, okay, like totally that's true. When yeah. you say he taught in the class, what does that mean? Okay. So when we have, when we, have <laughs> we teach classes about animals and transition, death and dying. So we need animals who crossed over because it's such a different feeling when you're connecting with an animal here and someone's reaching out to me for 
let's say they might have a health issue or they're maybe the animal's limping, but they've done x-rays and there's nothing wrong and they just don't understand. And I can feel it when I do a medical intuitive scan. I'm not a vet. I don't diagnose, but I can feel in my body like today with the heavy heart and the breathing and the circulation down my legs. It felt like my back right, my back right foot. And like I have four feet, but if I was (laughs) my back right foot, you see, you should see me. I'm like my left front hoof um, will be was kind of like if your foot starts to go asleep, it didn't hurt, but it was like when it's waking up and it was just tingly or like a little bit mm-hmm. of neuropathy. And that's because the heart circulation isn't pumping to the back legs as well as it could, but just to be able to give them that description. And when you're talking to an animal who's crossed, there's no pain. There's no, it's so, uh, it's actually one of my favorite things to do because they're giving the owner information. I had one dog tell me, it was a lady and her husband and he didn't really believe in it, but it was his dog. And so he was so sad. He was like, fine, whatever, call her. And he just stayed in the background. She handled the call and he listened and he was upset because I said, I said, I feel like the dog's coming to you in dreams. And she said, yeah. And then her husband, I guess was in the background because he wasn't getting any dreams. And I said, but not your husband. I said, the dog comes to your husband in a way that they did a big rescue trip when Puerto Rico got hit with the hurricanes and they right. did one when New Orleans got hit. These are the most beautiful people on the planet. He's got a private jet. They fly there. They do amazing things. I said, well, it was when you were in New Orleans, actually, you came to a street and you were looking for these dogs that had gotten, I said, everybody wanted to go one direction and you got a hit to go another direction and you found the dog. And he goes, yeah. And I said, that's how your dog is working with you. So (laughs) it's so different and so individual. And then that dog told me that they were doing a memorial. So I said, the dog says you're doing some kind of memorial. And I know a lot of people do in their home, but I said, well, this is big. I see like a sign and it's her and another dog that crossed or something. And they go, her husband's like, oh my God, we haven't told anybody that they were donating to this big dog rescue, a a park that there was going to be in their two dogs names, a dog park for the, for the dog at the rescue center as a memorial. So they were like, then he was like, okay, that's just crazy. Like we haven't told anybody. <laughs> so wow. it's, it's those kinds of things that help people to realize that their animals are still with them and are still seeing what you're doing. So if you're post, if you're putting pictures up of them, if you're wishing they were there, if you're honoring them, planting a tree, whatever you're doing, putting their food bowl up or their collar, like they do know that they recognize that. And they really love that that you're honoring them. So Oh, I love animals. Uh, I was just remembering too. as you t- talk, I remember like all these communications actually that I've gotten just recently, I was laying in bed and I was like, I feel like Jake's here. And then I heard his cough because bef- mm-hmm. like for a year before he died, he had a cough. And then I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's right. He had a cough. And and he was just kind of being like, acknowledging the fact that I had, yeah. that he was there basically. And then there was something else that when you were talking, I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now I remember it was Jake. He was upset about when I didn't get pregnant the first time that we tried. Mm -hmm. And he, I I think it was, no, it was the other lady. She just was down the street so that she, we had run into her and she just started doing reading for us. She said to us that Jake was really happy that finally we had gotten pregnant. Like, Mm -hmm. but he was, he was nervous because he didn't know why I was so sad and and that he was like feeling responsible for it. And so the lady had to tell him like, it's not your fault. Cause he had come just a few months beforehand. And so yeah. he, yeah, there was that whole dynamic there of like, did I cause this? And it was mm-hmm. no. People tell me all the time, can you please tell my dog that I love them or that, that they're, they're welcome here. And I'm like, you can tell them that like, mm-hmm. they know that more from you, but yes, of course I can tell them, but you don't need me to tell your dog 
that they're not the reason you're sad or that it's okay that a lot of times it's important or dogs or cats, you know, cats, cats are very healing. They're amazing. You'll see a lot of times you'll hear stories about cats who lay on people and they know where cancer is or something. Like oh, they're, yeah. they're amazing. Yeah. And their and purr actually helps to heal bones or something like that. Yeah. They're spectacular. They re- they really are. They really are. I, I, I was allergic to them, highly yeah. allergic to them as a child. Yeah. And actually Fen had a cat. It was the only cat that I haven't been allergic to. Yeah. And because if I had been allergic to her cat, I, we wouldn't have started dating because I couldn't. Yeah. So it was pretty cool that. Well, that's a good reason not to be allergic. Then the cat just whipped that up for you. It's like, no more dander. Gotta get these two together. What is that all about? (laughs) Yeah, they're magical. They are unbelievable magical creatures. And I I do hear that. When I do healing on my horses outside, I close my eyes and I open my eyes and always my, my little black, fluffy, black and brown cat named Magic is always holding space on the other side. He's an incredible healer and he's, he always comes to support me when I do healing. So it's, it's really fun. So yeah, there's so many, oh, so many stories, so many fun stories. And you can help animals that are afraid of storms because there's a lot of animals here in Florida. You have a lot yeah. of storms, as you remember. Yep. Well, I wanted to let you know that there were some questions that we got on Facebook. I had mentioned that I was talking to you. Awesome. So one of the questions was, what are the dogs needing in 2021 because of everything that's going on? Mm, that's really great. They need to have you be the emotional leader of your house. And by that is recognizing where our stress and sadness or grief or fear comes in and making sure that we're staying grounded, that we're doing the work to take care of ourselves emotionally because they are sharing in that morphic resonance with you. Mm. And sometimes, and I've watched it with my own dogs in the past, when I am in a very stressful place or an upset place, you know, people go through divorces or moves or throw in a pandemic, emotionally we're off base. And so if we're not really paying attention to how do we feel, where are we, are we in our body? Is this real? What can I do about this? If there's nothing we feel like we can do externally, what can we do internally to stay grounded and centered for ourselves? And that will translate to the animals. And so that's a really important thing. And that and that's another place EFT can come in if you feel like your animals are overwhelmed with what's going on because you're overwhelmed. You can do tapping on the animal and the human for what's going on and being feeling safe and feeling secure and knowing that we can move forward and everything will the universe has divine timing for everything. So I think that would be my biggest thing about animals in 2021 is that. They need some good energy in the household. They need an emotional leader. And if you can't, you know, be that at the time, then just let them know that it's not theirs to carry. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We always say that Jake left right before the pandemic because he wouldn't have been able to handle it. Yeah. (laughs) He was a stressed out little dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, Riley was too. He wouldn't, he would not have done well, but you know, you can always look at the animal, cat, dog, horse, whatever, gerbil, bird, lots of birds, birds that speak English words. They're involved in households too. And you just literally tell them it's okay to be a dog. Like you be the dog. I'll be the human that handles this. You go play or you chirp or you chase your catnip around or whatever it is. Your Mm -hmm. horse, you go eat your grass. I got this. So being that emotional leader is really important. Okay, cool. Thank you. One lady asked, how would you know, like if you've gone too far on a run, like if the dog is she doesn't want to exhaust her dog too much. Yeah. Like what, what can we do? Well, if you've got a dog, especially there's certain breeds who love to run and would just run and run and run and run and run because that's what you're doing and they want to do it. Like my dog would probably fall down if I just kept throwing the ball. 
obviously looking for physical signs of fatigue are going to be the first one. If the animal's acting unusual, wanting to sit down or stop or get in, get in the shade at a pit bull, she would literally just sit down like that. You're going to have to drag her home. She was pretty obvious, but tight, my dog Titan, if you keep throwing the ball at the Frisbee, he's going to keep going and keep going and keep going in this heat. So looking for if they're coming back a little slower, if the tongue is hanging out the mouth, I mean, if they're just panting a little, that's one thing. But if they really, if you see it's starting to really drip, that's how they sweat. They sweat through their mouths. So being Mm -hmm. very mindful to take a break, if you're depending on the type of footing that you're on, making sure that their feet aren't too hot, especially in the summertime or too cold in the winter. So just really watching them to see if you, if you feel if they're on a leash and they're running beside you or out in front of you, they're probably still doing good. If you feel like that leash starts going like this and they're kind of behind you, I, I would take it down a notch and just start walking just like you would for people. Just be mindful. And, but the breathing is, is another big one too. So where are they? Are they beside you? Are they lagging behind? If they're ahead of you pulling, well, first of all, I need a trainer. No, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> But yeah, Um, so just watching for signs of panting and trying to get in the shade or slowing down. We tried two trainers for our two dogs, Maggie and Jake, and maybe even three. Yes, it was three. We could not get them to behave, but (laughs) it's probably more us. I was just going to say, I think it's maybe you two that wouldn't behave. Mm, Yeah, (laughs) or probably me. And Fen was very good at following the directions. I wasn't. Uh, But Tootie and we are much better than the other two on the leash. Well, and they know at the end of the leash, they know if you're going to be on point with asking them to do something or if you're going to be the parent that was sort of as like, Eh. Like, they're eh, going to take hold because that leash is an energetic connection to you. They feel everything that's going to be there. So if you're saying like, Oh, heal, but your body language is saying, do whatever you want. They're going to be like, (laughs) let's face it. Animals are unconditional love, but they're also big opportunists. So, yeah, I know that if I come across another dog that the dog, Maggie and Jake, they'd normally react. And then I would get scared because I'm like, oh, I don't want anything to happen. So I had to learn how to calm that down and yeah. try to be like, no, it's, everything's cool. Everything's cool. Yeah, because they're going to protect you because yeah. you're, not the, you're not being the emotional leader. It really comes, yeah. keeps coming full circle back to that. Yeah. So last question that we got was, do they see in pictures? Do dogs see in pictures? Do- yeah. And people do too. Pictures were feelings, just energy. So it's kind of all, but they can see the telepathy as pictures. So sometimes they'll be sending you a picture. Like you just think you're so clever, like, oh, my dog wants to go do this. And maybe they've been sending you that picture for like five hours. And they're like, finally, she gets it. <laughs> but so yes. <laughs> yeah. So as you're seeing things, we, we think in pictures, we just don't realize it because we have a lot of times when we're teaching the beginning animal communication classes and we see people say, I can't see anything. But you probably are. You're just not translating. You might be more clairsentient. So maybe you just have a knowing. Mm-hmm. We all have the ability to see pictures, but sometimes that that's not our first go-to. We're clairaudient. You know, we hear a word and we don't. But if we do exercises with people and say, if I say a bright yellow school bus, most people are not picturing the words bright yellow school. They're picturing a school bus. And if I right. say red apple, you can see in your mind's eye what a red apple looks like or things that are very common. So they, they can translate that too. Like when I'm picturing my dog going and laying on his bed, I'll just give a flash of his bed and he'll go over there. Cause if I say, go to your bed, he's just standing there staring at me. I put the picture with the words and it's much more helpful for them. So yes, they can pick up on pictures. That's how they know you're going on vacation. 
<laughs> right? I remember before that. the suitcase comes out. Yeah, before. Yeah, even before. Uh-huh. Um, well, and also that that's the same with humans when they're going on vacation. If they're stressed out, they can start tapping at those times for mm-hmm. the stress around the vacation. I've yeah. worked with people around that. So, where can people find out more about you? Well, I've got a landing page on the internet. It's it's not like a full-blown website. I had a beautiful one and something happened with the server and it's gone. So I'm starting oh, over. Oh no. Yeah, it was kind of a nightmare, but it's okay. It's all good, right? Maybe there was supposed to be some some newness. So if you go to for your animals health, F-O-R-Y-O-U-R, animals plural health dot com or for your animals health on Facebook. But those are both places that people can look up more information about me. Great. I'm so glad when you were say, spelling it out, I was like, is it F-O-U-R? Because four-legged <laughs> for a second. Oh, so cute. Yeah. No, and people think it's the number four. So no, it's yeah. just for, for your four. animal's health. And I'm on Instagram, but I don't do as much on Instagram. There are some stuff on there too. So I mean, but people can DM me, PM me or text me. me or email me or whatever it is they do these days on all, all, the, all the social medias. And, and I'm a teacher for communication with all like universities. So if people ever want classes or to learn how to do this, that's something that I love doing too. I love teaching. Yes. I know you love everything that you're doing. Right I now. do. It's I can see it in your face. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. If you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. That's right. I'll be as long as I can possibly be a voice for the animals. That's what I'm here to do. So And I'm so grateful that they have you to help them deliver those messages. Thank you. So thank you for being a guest. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? No, I just thank you for having me on. And thank you for everybody out there that adopts and cares for animals and and helps with shelters and brings awareness to animals that are going extinct, whether it's nature and wildlife, whatever your passion is for helping the animals. And we truly believe in the people that I I hang our places to is to help the animals and so everybody has their peace and you're tapping on helping people with your beautiful energy and what you do is so special and so if everybody just is in their zone of genius it's going to be it's going to be an amazing world all content provided by amy stark and or her guests on the stark transformation show website or other platforms including text images audio or other formats are created for informational purposes only always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition amy stark is not a doctor or a therapist 